Welcome to the Inez Franklin Teaching and Sermons Podcast. Inez is a teaching pastor, public speaker, and founder at trochia.org. Learn more about Inez at www.inezfranklin.com. We hope this teaching brings you guidance, connection, or tools as we seek God together today. Enjoy the teaching. have a day off. We're not going to do anything. We had no one coming to the house, and the phone rang. It was Christian. He called and said, hey, can I come over and talk to you and Jim? I said, okay. So he came over, and uh, we actually had lunch together, and he invited Jim to go to Houston with him. Jim went on Thursday, came back yesterday. And uh, so I just, I'm going to tell you more about the story, but What we're going to be talking today is about calling and receiving God's call, and we're going to see through even the story that unfolded for Jim this week, how we never want to miss those calls. We want to say yes. That's our heart for today, uh, that we want to say yes when God calls because there's great things that he has for us. Um, So here's how I'm going to start with you. Uh, When I was in uh, growing up, I grew up in the jungle of Puerto Rico in an area called Achiote, up in the mountains, very jungly. This is very similar to what our backyard looked like. Now, we were kids, and so we were kicked out of the house as quickly as we could. Uh, My mom could, and we would play, climb trees, kill ants, dissect lizards. We entertained ourselves all day long, but when dinner time came, It was time to come home, and my mom had to somehow find us in that mess. And so the way that she did that is she would do this whistle. She would stand at the edge of the house and do a whistle. Uh, And this is kind of the typical whistle my mom does. If you're at Target and you hear that, it's my mother. (laughs) But she says, she goes like this. She goes, that's how she'd call us. Now, of course, in the middle of the jungle, we're not going to hear that whistle. That's too low. So that was the one she'd use around the stores, but this is the one she'd use when we were just trying to get us off the trees. This was her call, and we'll see how good. She was very good at this, not me. Anybody know about the hand whistle? Yeah? Okay, let's see if I do this. I kind of failed at the last service. We'll see. Something like that. That's not bad, but my mom, my mom could do this really loud, and we could hear her, and she did the whole little sound thing. She was really good at it. And when we heard this call, we knew no matter what we were doing, no matter what tree we were climbing, in the middle of the lizard dissection, we had to stop and head home. We were being called by our mother. You have moms like that or dads, like when they call you, you show up, right? And so that is what we would do. And today I'm going to talk about the fact that whether it's, it's you know, your mom calling, your dad calling, your boss calling, uh, maybe uh, your pastor calling, the president of the United States calling, we all typically pick up that phone and answer, don't we? But what if God calls us? What if God's the one calling us? Are we willing to be as responsive to his call? And what does it mean to be called by God? And I think often we have a a limited sense for what that means, so I want to dive deep into this idea of calling. Now, as we have been on this series looking at the passage that our elders chose for this year, there Paul talks about calling. So let me read that passage to you. This is where we're going to be looking at today. 
In Galatians 5.13, this is what Paul wrote. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but do not use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. If you were here last week, uh, we stopped at this idea of being brothers and sisters. Sometimes we read the word of God and we, we sort of skim over some things, but we learned this is a very important thing Paul was talking about. And the same goes with this idea of being called. Today, I want to call our direction to God calling us. And who is this message for? Paul wrote this letter to a group of churches in Galatia, which is modern-day Turkey, and he was writing to them to remind them of the calling that God has had on them. They had started to believe false truths, and they were falling away, and Paul is passionately trying to set them back on track. He's so passionate because what happened was some Jewish people were trying to convince the new believers who were non-Jew that the men had to be circumcised. In other words, they were going around teaching a Jesus plus kind of gospel. Yes, Jesus came to save. Yes, Jesus is Lord and Savior, but you also have to be circumcised to be a true believer. And Paul says, nonsense. That is not what we have been called to be. And so, in fact, in verse 12, listen to what he says. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. Yeah, that's in the Bible. Okay? The point is, Paul is passionate about this. And then comes verse 13. For you have been called. Paul is saying, don't listen to anyone else God himself has called you. God knows the rules. Follow that. And so we're going to look deep into what does it mean to be called. The word that Paul uses underneath this idea of called is kaleo. And this word, the way that he uses it, he's essentially meaning to us several things. That a call is not only to call, the sound of being uh, called out, but also to name, to direct, to summon, to invite to a point. It's a rich, rich word with a great deal of meaning, and if we're not careful, we might miss what this means. Now, the message was written to believers, so if you're a, a believer, a follower of Jesus, and you've been a believer for one day or many, many years, this message is for you. This reminder is for you. It doesn't matter how long you've been a believer. We all are prone to wonder. We all are prone to forget the calling that God has given into our lives. But if you're here for the first time, or maybe you've been coming and you're not so sure about Jesus. In fact, you're kind of angry at God. And you're not so sure about this idea of being called. I'm telling you, the fact that you're here means you are called by God. At the last service, there was a woman here who someone said, hey, that might be a nice church to visit. She walked on campus, came to the chapel because she thought, oh, that must be the church. She came in here and God called her this morning. She accepted Jesus as a Lord and Savior. So maybe this is your day. You will be called by God to say yes. And so no matter where you are in the spectrum, to be called by God is more than just hearing his voice and getting his attention. So I'm going to break down for us four essential elements about this call and how it is that we are to embrace all of it and how it changes everything. When God calls us, 
It changes everything. Christian called my husband on last Monday. It changed his entire week. God calls us. It changes our entire lives. It changes everything. Because when God calls us, he calls us to himself. It's a biblical, biblical understanding of calling that comes from the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament. And to define this idea of calling, I want to read to you a definition of calling as written by Oz Guinness, an author and social critic, a theologian of sorts. And he wrote a book called The Call, where he describes what calling means. Let me read this to you. Oh, by the way, I put it on your outlines because you might want to paste this somewhere and remind yourself after today what a calling is. Calling is the truth that God calls us to himself so decisively that everything we are, everything we do, and everything we have is invested with a special devotion, dynamism, and direction lived out as a response to his summons, his calling and service. So calling is, is much more than just hearing from God. In the Old Testament, in Isaiah 43, verse 1, here's what it says, how God describes his calling. He says, but now, this is what the Lord says, he who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you, I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. You see, God created us. God formed us. God redeemed us. He calls us by name. It is God who calls, and when God calls, everything changes. Everything ought to change. Now, the first meaning of this idea of calling, of course, is the basic idea of just hearing someone or getting our attention called out. Has God ever gotten your attention? Has he ever, like, done something in your life? You go, whoa, okay, that's God. Okay, that happened to me. I fell off my bike in 2003, broke my collarbone. God did not cause that. I did that. But while I was laying on the ground and looking up at this beautiful sky, I felt God called me right then and there. In fact, within a week is when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. God has a way of getting our attention, and this is the idea that when God calls us, we hear his voice. We recognize that it is him, and it's no other. And Jesus talks about this. In uh, John chapter 10, Jesus talks about uh, the, the shepherd who comes to call his sheep. It says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out, and they can understand. You see, God knows your name. He knows you. He created you. He knows your circumstances. He knows your story. He knows your past. He knows everything about you, and yet he calls you. And so we have to respond. When God calls, the best thing we can do is respond. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus said, gives us a picture of a banquet, a person running, a, putting together a banquet and inviting guests in. It's a similar kind of call. Have you ever received an invitation like an evite, right? You get the evite, show up. You have to say yes or no. And so this man throws a banquet and he sends out his evite, which at the time were people on their feet knocking doors saying, hey, you're invited to a banquet. And so this is what it says in verse 14. 
At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. Oh, come on, the food's ready, it's cooked, it's warm, show up. And what does that call for? It calls for a response. Have you ever received a jury duty notice? Yeah, we don't ignore those, right? Have you ever received a summons to show up in front of a judge? You don't have to raise your hand. But we don't ignore those. Some invitations, as simple as they might be, require that we respond. So God's calling requires us to do something about it. That's the most basic part of the calling. The second thing is God's calling inspires us to follow him. The idea of calling is to to name and to call into being, not just to slap a hello, my name is Ines kind of label, but actually to name us into who we are created to be. You see, God knows who he created to be. Scripture tells us each and every one of us a masterpiece created by God for good purposes. God already knows what he created you to be, and he calls that into being when he calls us. Do you remember when Jesus called the disciples, a bunch of young men by the sea, fishing and doing what they did every single day, and Jesus comes along and calls them to follow him. Look what it says in Matthew 4. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother, Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come and follow me, Jesus said. I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and followed him. You see, Jesus comes to them and says, I know you're fishermen right now but come and follow me. I'm going to call you into what God has created to you to be, fishermen of people, which, of course, if I were a disciple, I would have gone, what does that mean? And the reality is quite often God calls us to the unknown, to something we don't yet fully understand. And we might start the journey thinking we know what God has in mind, but God has something even greater in mind. And when he calls us, he is calling into existence the very person he created you to be. And so the question is, do we say yes to God? Are we willing to show up when he calls us to show up? And so I share with you that Christian showed up at our house last Monday, and we have lunch, and finally the question comes. He says to Jim, Jim, I need you to go to Houston with me. I'm taking a team to go there, and my husband's business is to repair damaged buildings from fire and water damage, of course. So he's like, Jim, we need your expertise to come. And for a little while, Jim's like, I got a lot on my calendar. I don't know. You know, yeah, I'll go at some point, but maybe not now. And finally, Christian was like, Jim, I need you to come with me. And so Jim took off to go to Houston, believing he was going to bring his expertise, his hands and feet, that big, wonderful brain of his to go and help. But God Oh, God had something much greater in mind. God had a different plan. And as the trip developed, it came through. You see, what happened was he he was there for a few days, and now it was time to come home, and he's thinking, okay, that was a good trip. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And he shows up to the airport early, and he thinks, hey, I'm going to be able to catch an early flight. So he rushes in to get checked in, ready to catch that early flight, and all of a sudden, his stomach started to get very upset. 
and he had to go to the restroom. Yes, I'm talking about that in church. And there he missed the flight that he could have caught early. So Jim had to spend three hours at the airport waiting for the flight he had originally booked. And then came time to go into the plane, and he stands in line to get into the plane, and someone taps him on the shoulder. And when Jim turns around, this is a family member that has been estranged from Jim for now almost two years, and it's really broken his heart. And they spent the next three hours from Houston to Los Angeles reconciling. Right? God sent Jim to Houston so that he could reconcile a relationship. See, God, you don't know, you don't know where God is going to take you. You don't know really what God is making you into. Your job is to say yes to God and then trust him in the journey. For his purposes are good. His desire is for your best. And it's not about what you're going to do, but who you will become. When he calls you, he calls you into the creation he created. And so the question is, are you saying yes to God? Are you willing to show up where he calls you? You see, we're all prone to wonder. We're all prone to walk away from our calling. We start to reason our way out of of following Jesus where he calls us to go which is exactly why Paul wrote this letter. He told them in verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 6, he says, I am astonished that you so quickly are deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. You see, the gospel of Jesus Christ is salvation through grace. That is the purpose of God. That is why God calls us to make that a reality in our lives and in the lives of others. He calls that into being when he calls us. The third thing is that we are invited into a feast with God. God invites us into an intimate relationship with him. The idea of calling is synonymous with the idea of salvation. When God calls us, he invites us to himself. You see, when we are called, we are called to be in an eternal relationship with our heavenly father and our creator. Again, back to that story of the man who set up a banquet. He sends out his invitation, his invitation card, and people RSVP. Yes, we're going to be there. Yes, we're going to be there. But then when the time came, they didn't show up. You see, God desires for his house to be full. So he opens up the invitation to everyone, everywhere, no matter what culture, what background, what gender, what race, What background God invites everyone into his presence. To those who would say yes to Jesus, to them, he gives full entrance into his kingdom. And so we see the picture of God desiring us to be in this long-term, intimate relationship with him. But people made all kinds of excuses. They didn't show up at the party because, you know, they had just bought a field and they had to go check it out. Or they bought an ox, oxen and they wanted to check, check them out. Another one said, well, I just got married. I got to go check that out. All kinds of excuses for not say yes to Jesus. 
God is calling you. What kind of excuses are you making to God? In what way are you letting something get in the way of your intimate relationship with your Heavenly Father? Would you be willing today to say yes, maybe yes again? We have to do this every day. It's in every day, every moment, moment by moment, we say yes to God. And the last point is that a calling is also being appointed. So another meaning for this word is this idea of being appointed. It's not a casual suggestion. It's actually God calling us to things, to people, to tasks. God calls us into action. It's not just receiving his grace. It's not just receiving his love, not, receiving, not just receiving the, the person that he's creating us to be. It's actually putting all that into action. And so God's calling begs us to be all that God calls us to be. Now today, right now, I think, here we are. I mean, look at the sky, how beautiful. We are sitting here in total, I don't even think there's much of a wind outside. And while we are sitting here, oh, by the way, did you notice the comfy chairs? I haven't said anything. Those are new cushions. Little segue. But while we're sitting here nice and comfy, in a good temperature, in a safe place, there are people in Florida being bombarded by fast wind, destructive wind, destructive rain, at the exact same time as we're here. That happened not too long ago in Houston, and now we're trying to help them. Here's the thing. There is no better time that for you and I to step up to the calling we have been given. You see, the world is waiting for believers of Jesus to actually live out the calling that we have received. Is it not terribly confusing when you see a Christian not live out what they believe, when they're not forgiving, when they're not kind, when they're not generous, and yet they talk about, I go to church every Sunday, I read my Bible every day. What does that mean? It means nothing if it does not come through in our lives. It creates anger and confusion, and it does not reflect Jesus Christ to the world. We have an opportunity to reflect Jesus, to reflect the calling he has in our life when we put it into action. We are appointed through the calling of Jesus Christ. He calls us. It's a way of life. It's not just that one-time event in one particular hurricane or earthquake or whatever might be happening to your neighbor or your coworker. It's a way of life. Everything that we do, we do it as unto the Lord which is what it says in Colossians, another word from Paul. It says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. All that we do, all that we do through the calling we have received, we have been appointed by God, our creator, to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to the world. And we do so with our hands and our feet and our minds and our resources and our generosity of time and money and talent. All of that, we are appointed that everything that we do in our lives reflects who we are in Christ. That's what calling means. All of that. 
And we cannot do it alone. Does it seem a little daunting? It's not, you see, because here's all you have to do is to say yes. Thank you again for listening. Make sure to learn more about Inez Franklin at www.inezfranklin.com. You can help share these teachings by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and sending this episode to a friend. Make sure to follow Inez Franklin on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and more, where she is engaging with the community and inviting us to participate with God and his work together. Thanks again. Thanks again.